Welcome to Would Someone Please Tell Me What to Do with Heidi Reisner. We pray this podcast is a place you can push pause from the busyness of life and be encouraged in a way that will help you know and understand God just a little more. Hi, girls. Welcome to Bible study today. I'm so glad y'all are, I'm looking at my hair here. I'm glad that y'all are joining me today for the Bible study. This is our last week. Can y'all believe that? We've been through, today is week six, and uh, I'm going to give y'all a chance to jump on. Uh, And I'm going to tell y'all this as as you guys are getting on, tag some of your girlfriends, get them on as we finish out this last week of Psalms 23. But let me tell you this while you're getting on. I did take this a day early. I taped this on Tuesday because by the time we're posting this, uh, our weather should be uh, probably not so great and getting worse throughout the day tomorrow, or which will be Wednesday. And so uh, for those of you watching in South Louisiana, our Savior's Church, you know that we've got a Category 3 hurricane coming in, uh, which will be today on Wednesday. Uh, for those of you who are outside of South Louisiana, uh, we've got a hurricane coming in. And so today, it's the weather's okay. Tomorrow, which is Wednesday, uh, when you're watching this, it's going to start getting worse throughout the day and hit overnight. So if y'all are outside of Louisiana, would y'all just say a prayer for us that, that God would just protect us and, and uh, calm this storm and lessen it? It's supposed to come in as a Category 3, which is not good. And for those of you who are watching that are South Louisiana, we're praying for you and your family and all that God's entrusted to you and just praying that God dissipates this and it's not quite as bad as what they say. So I just wanted to get that out as y'all are jumping on. Uh, Also, before we get, we're going to go into verse 6 of Psalms 23, but I, I would love to hear from you in the comments where you're watching from. And then also, I would love for you to leave me a comment and, and what is the one thing that God's really illuminated to you through this study? If, there, if you could narrow it down to one thing, one thought, one revelation, one, you know, uh, just something that God's really, that you walking away with and going, I'm going to always remember this about Psalms 23. I would love to hear from you and and put that in the comments. Again, I read all these comments whenever we're done. And y'all been such a blessing. Y'all been so encouraging. And this has been good for me. It's been a good reminder for me. And I'm and prayerfully, y'all have enjoyed it as much as I have. And I've loved being with you guys. And so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up today. Again, week six. If you've missed any of the other weeks, you can go back on the news feed on whatever uh, social media thing you're watching on, and you can pull all that up. Uh, but uh, just as we built week upon week in verse six is going to be awesome. So let me go ahead and get going. Uh, Psalms 23, I'm just going to read verse six. I'm going to come back and read the whole Psalm at the very end. But Psalms 23, six says this again, David writing as a shepherd, the son of a shepherd writing as a shepherd himself, but then writing as a sheep to God being our, our ultimate good shepherd. So verse six says this, He writes this, Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I don't know, I I could say every single verse is my favorite verse of Psalm 23. Every single verse. So whatever verse we're doing that week is my favorite. 
But I'm telling you, there's something about this verse. Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So beautiful. And remember at the very beginning of this study, I told you when I was praying about what I needed to do with y'all that I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, I want you to speak comfort and peace. Or I, I, God wanted to speak comfort and peace to you. And prayerfully, he's using some of my words to, to, to be able to do that. And I don't know anything more comforting and, and peace giving than knowing that goodness and mercy and love will follow us all the days of our life and will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's two different parts of that verse. I'm going to hit the first part first. Obviously, wrap up with that second part, which is going to be so timely. So I hope you stay tuned through this uh, this whole session today, because that second part of the verse, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, is so timely where we're at in this pandemic, where we're at in our church, those of you watching outside of South Louisiana, where what's going on in your state with the pandemic and your church services. It's so timely. So stay, don't, don't click off too soon because I'm going to hit that real hard at the very end. But the beginning part, surely goodness, mercy, and love will follow me all the days of my lives. Again, remember David's writing from his position of a sheep. He's talking about this, this whole Psalm is a journey that we've been on through the year of the life of this flock of sheep. And you'll remember me saying this in past weeks. And David was saying, painting a picture of going, it's the goodness and the mercy and the love of God that follows us all the days of our life. That it's the treatment that the sheep receive from their shepherd. The shepherd treats them only with goodness and with mercy and with love. Wherever they're at on the journey, wherever they're at in their route for that year's time period, the shepherd treats them with goodness, with mercy, and with love. And isn't that true for our lives as well? As God is our good shepherd, that we can look back over our lives. We can look back over our lives and all the seasons that we've walked through. And whether there's going to be difficult seasons, there's going to be the dark valleys that we walk through, there's going to be the mountaintops that we walk through, there's going to be the green pastures that we're in, there's going to be the times that it's going to be dark and we can't see what's ahead of us. In every season of our life, and you've heard me say this a million times if you've heard me teach it all, it's always easier seeing God when we look back than it is looking forward. We wouldn't need faith if we, God clearly laid out for us what the future looks like. If he laid out exactly what life was going to look like over the next five or ten years, we wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't need to trust him. We wouldn't need to keep our eyes on him. But because it is a life of faith, this Christian walk that we're, we're walking, it's a life of faith. But when you get through it and you look back, you may not have recognized God at the time, but looking back, 
You see him so much more clearly. And so whatever season that you've been through and whatever road that you've taken, and some of you have taken the, the narrow road and have, and have walked with God for many, many years. Some of you are just now getting on this journey of walking with God. Some of you have been on a journey with God, but have veered off for one reason or the other. What, what, whatever your journey looks like as you come back to God, when you look back over your life, Dark times, great times, terrible times, fearful times, anxious times, doubtful times. If we were honest with ourselves and we would look back and go, goodness and mercy and love has followed us all the days of our life. That our good shepherd has been with us in times that we never even knew he was there. When we look back now, it's been the goodness and the mercy and the grace and the love of God that's followed us through every season, every hardship, every difficult time, every fearful time, every wonderful time. And aren't you so grateful? Aren't you so grateful for a shepherd that's never, ever left us, that's never not tended to us, that's never taken his eye off of us, though we may have taken our eyes off of him and we may not have recognized him and we may not have have, uh, uh, recognized his presence in our life. When we look back, there's never been a time that he's not been with us ever. And the, the beautiful promise of goodness and mercy and love following us all the days of our lives, even when we're not aware of his presence and even when we didn't recognize him as shepherd, his goodness and his mercy and his love were still following us. Mm-hmm. There's a verse in Romans eight twenty eight that we quote often and it says this, it says, all things work together to, for the good, for those who love him are called according to his purpose. That God is working out even when we don't deserve it, even when we've messed up, even when, I'm, I'm sorry, there's something happening over here, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> even, even when uh, we don't deserve it, even when we don't recognize it, we look and see that his goodness and his mercy and his love has followed us every single one of our lives. But I'm going to shift that verse a little bit so we recognize God's goodness, mercy, and love. But I'm going to shift it a little bit now, talking to us about as sheep. Remember that sheep, and I talked about this in the first few weeks. Remember that sheep, if, if they're mismanaged by their shepherd in the natural, if, a sheep, if, a, if the sheep are mismanaged by their, their shepherd, they can be the most destructive of all livestock. Because when sheep are left to themselves, they're a wreck. And I say this every single week. Sheep in the natural are destructive. They are anxious. They're fearful. They're tentative. They're worried. They're they're just a mess. And there's a reason why God compares us to sheep throughout the Bible. Because when left to ourselves, we're just as as big of a mess. Mm -hmm. We're fearful. We're timid. We don't know what to do. We second guess it. I mean, it's, we're an absolute mess. So in the natural, if sheep are not managed well, they are the most destructive of all livestock. But on the other hand, if, if in the natural, a flock of sheep have a good shepherd and a good right. manager of them, they can be the most beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and this kind of is a little bit uh, kind of... Uh, you don't really want to talk about this a little bit, 
but I'm just I'm going to go there because this is what this is what this text even is talking about. Those of you that are familiar with animals, familiar with you know livestock, whatever, sheep's manure. And again, we're just going to talk about it. The manure of sheep is the most balanced and rich manure of any domestic livestock. So the sheep's droppings or their manure is the most beneficial, the most balanced, the most rich of any domestic livestock. So when the manure is scattered correctly on their journeys, it's a great, great benefit to the soil. It's what they leave behind. In the natural, it's what the sheep deposits back into the land. It's what they leave behind that make them so valuable because their manure, again, is so balanced and so rich. So, keeping that in mind, in the natural, what does that mean for us in the spiritual? What does that mean for us in the spiritual? This is my question to you. What are you leaving behind? When you are making this journey on this road called life, and you're making this journey with your shepherd, what are you leaving behind? What deposits are you leaving behind for the people that you come in contact with? For the world or for the community that God's given us influence over? What deposits are you leaving behind? I've told you this uh, a million times. But my husband Eugene and I moved out to the country about two and a half years, three years ago. And so we're out in the country now. So we, we take, I've got a, a little trail that I t- walk our dogs. And many times Eugene goes with me, but oftentimes I'm by myself. And I walk our dogs and it's about a mile and a half route from to the back of the property where a river uh, meets the back of our property. And then, and then they, we come, obviously come back home. So on that trail and on that walk that I take the dogs uh, almost every single day, along that trail, there are deposits left behind, not just from our dogs, but from other animals that, again, we've got a lot of woods, we've got a lot of open pasture land, uh, we had cows on our, on our property in past years, we're fixing to get them back again. And so it's not just the dogs that are leaving behind deposits, it's other kind of animals. So when we're walking our dogs back to the river and we see manure of of different kinds, you can identify what kind of animal it is by their manure. And I know this is a little bit crude, but I just want you to stay with me. So as we're walking, if it's rabbit, I know what rabbit manure looks like. I know what deer manure looks like. I know what wild hog manure looks like. I know what obviously cow manure looks like. I know what, so you go through and you can, uh, you know, critters, all the kinds of critters. I know what that droppings looks like, unfortunately. And so, but you can identify what animal, though you don't see the animal with your eyes, by seeing their droppings, you know what animal has passed this way? And so that the quite the, the the spiritual application of that is what what you leave behind, even after you leave someone's presence, mm-hmm. even after you're not in that surrounding anymore, even after you leave somewhere, what have you left behind? Or, or have you left people better off? than they were when you entered into their presence? Or are people happy when you leave? 
because your droppings are not uh, are not the fragrance of the goodness and mercy and love of God. Right. Or and can they tell that you've been there, even though you may not be there in your presence, but what you've left behind has left such a significant deposit in their life that they're going to remember the influence you had and prayerfully remember the God that you represented. Does that, does this make sense to y'all? And so the question is we can either, we can either leave people better off Mm -hmm. because of our presence in their lives, or we can leave people worse off. Mm -hmm. Are people waiting for you to leave? Go, you know what? I can't wait for them to get out of here. I can't wait for them to go on because all they're doing is spreading negativity and fear and worry and doubt and gossip and talking about people. Okay. That's not beneficial to anyone, but you can leave someone's presence and you can leave and, and, and that those people left behind can go, I feel the love of God. I feel the goodness of God, the gracious speech, the love that they had, the grace that they showed, the deposits that we're leaving behind. We're leaving deposits one way or the other. And if we're not intentional about the deposits that we're leaving, then we're going to leave something negative and something that's going to be a stench to the nostrils of people around us that's not going to represent the heart and the grace of God. And that's not what God's asked us to do as Christian and as his sheep that are supposed to represent him in a world that is full of stench, that is full of foul smells, that is full of, of just the craziness of this world. If ever, ever there's a time that we've needed to leave godly, good, fragrant, wonderful, graceful, forgiving fragrance and deposits, it's now. We've got to pay attention and make sure that we're leaving behind goodness and mercy and love. Is your, is your life a pleasure to the people around you or is your life a pain to the people around you? Are people excited to see you come? Or when you're coming into their house or you're coming into their workplace or they're coming into wherever they may be, are they going, oh, great, here she comes. She's going to spew gossip. She's going to spew negativity. She's going to spew this. Do they look forward to seeing you come? Or are they not wanting and are that do they, you know, do they not look forward to you being in their presence? What are you leaving behind? Goodness, mercy, and love follows me all the days of my life, speaking of God's goodness, mercy, and love, but also speaking of the deposits we believe behind in our own life. And just really take a good check of our heart and go, what are we leaving behind in the presence of the people that God's put in our life? Uh, to influence. The second part of that verse, it says this, it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 23, and again, I said this the last two weeks, Psalms 23 depicts an entire year in the life of a sheep. They're leaving the home ranch. And I think it was last week when I talked about when it, when it says that, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, uh, and, uh, is talking about the home ranch, and I, I think I think it was last week or the week before I mentioned this that that the home ranch is a place where the shepherd uh, 
beds his sheep down for wintertime, whether it's a barn, whether it's whatever shelter. During the wintertime, that's where the sheep stay. He brings food, uh, hay and, and water to them throughout the winter season. So when spring begins, then that's when they leave the home ranch and they begin on this journey to the green pastures, the quiet waters, the dark valleys, the high mountains. We went through all that. And so during the year, so imagine during this year, once the sheep leave their homeland or their home ranch, there's a deep affection and a deep devotion that's developed between the shepherd and his sheep. Because for one year, He's in constant contact with them. And especially when they leave the home ranch, when they're on this journey, he is with them 24-7. And there's such a deep devotion and a deep affection between them because they've been through so much together. They've been through the green pastures. They've been through the dark valleys. They've been in the presence of enemies and predators. They've been through so much together. And then verse 6, when it says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, verse 6 speaks of coming home. Mm -hmm. That they've been on the mountaintop, they've been through the dark valley, they've gone through the tablelands, and then verse 6 speaks of coming home back to the homeland. It's beginning to be winter again, and they're coming back to the place where they will rest and bed down and stay through the months of winter. It's a return where the sheep will spend the winter months free from all danger and free from all fear. Because that's the place, there's no predators coming in. They're, they're, they're going to be behind uh, barn doors. They're going to be in a safe, secure environment to where there's no fear, there's no worry that anything's going to come get them because they're, they're in the safety and the shelter of their home ranch. There was many, many years ago, many, many years ago, when I was a teenager, uh, back in the day, and I don't know if y'all were like this or not, but years and years ago when we were, when I was growing up, uh, our family was, you know, kind of, you know, lower middle class. So we didn't take big extravagant vacations at all. And so our vacation was, uh, one time during the summer and we would go camping and the early years it would be in a tent. I mean, total roughing it. And then later on, you know, we had a little camper that, that we would stay in. And so it was one of these vacations. And I think maybe we were, I'm originally from Texas. I think we were either in Arkansas or Oklahoma, one of those states, I don't remember. And I was a, a young teenager and I had, to, I had two, I have two younger siblings. And uh, my mom and dad, we went on this camping trip. Well, they found this horse, this horse riding, you know, uh, little thing that you could pay and you know do horse trail riding or whatever and to this day I'm, I'm just not a fan of horses and I'm going to explain why I've had really ill luck with horses over the years and horses are beautiful and wonderful and I know they are just wonderful the issue isn't the horse it's the person that's riding the horse so let me make that clear so as I was this teenager, we found this little horse riding thing. So my parents paid and, and we all got on the, this horse. I'd never been on a horse in our life. And I'm just going, really, I don't even know what we were thinking, but we did it. So I get on a horse. I was so afraid because the horses are big. I'd never ridden before. I'm going, I don't even know what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm assuming and they're assuring us that these are calm, gentle, trained horses. Okay, great. So I'm on this horse and we're riding and my family is with me and we're riding this little trail and da 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 da. 
where we ride the trail and everything's going fine. And then like we're up on a hill or whatever. And then we get to the top of the hill. And at the bottom of the hill is the barn, is the end of our trail. And there's the barn at the bottom of the hill. So my horse clearly was not as trained as all the other one was. Or I was making it a nervous wreck because I was so nervous. And so as once my horse turned the corner and saw the bottom of the hill and saw the ranch or, and the barn where they, where they lived, my horse broke rank and just started bucking like a wild horse and just took off running as fast as it would go because it wanted to get back to the barn. So I'm holding on, screaming, crying. I don't know what to do. The guide is trying to stop the horse. It's a fiasco. And that was the beginning of the end of my, my horse experience. And then I, I won't bore you with the other few stories. But after that, I've ridden a horse a couple other times. And I, whenever Eugene and I were on vacation one time and we were going to do this horse ride. And I said, Eugene, I don't feel good about this. I don't like horses. I've had bad experience. He goes, no, we're going to do it one more time. And this was back when we were newly married. And I literally told the horse guide people, whatever that did the trail. I said, I want the oldest most arthritic, more afflicted horse that you have. Because I've got bad vibes for horses and, and I get so nervous and I just don't want to do it. So they gave me the oldest, grayest, decrepit, afflicted, arthritic horse that they had. And wouldn't you know it, it shows out too and starts bucking and try. Anyway, it was horrific. So I'm not, a, all I'd say, I'm not a horse person. But I'm giving you that illustration to say that's exactly what happened with this horse. Once its eyes saw the ranch, that's all. The only place it wanted to be was when they got back to the barn because that barn provided safety. That horse was wanting to get me off of it so he could get into its barn and get away from me. It's the same thing with other livestock and sheep in particular. When sheep come and they're finishing this journey that they've been with the shepherd for a year and they see the home ranch, they see their barn, they see their homeland. All they want to do is be at that place because it represents safety and security and freedom and no fear whatsoever. That's what David's talking about when it says, surely I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. He's speaking about those sheep getting back to the home ranch in the safety of the walls of that barn with their shepherd with them. And they don't have a worry in the world once they get inside that barn. Once they get back to their homeland, they don't have a worry in the world. So what does that mean for us? A couple of things. We're always in the presence of the Lord. God's presence is always with us. And I hope you see that through this study of Psalms 23 from verse 1 to verse 6. <clears throat> but it also means when he talks about, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Bible, throughout the Bible, speaks of the house of the Lord. And then in the New Testament, in the books of Acts, in the book of Acts, we see the church being birthed. And now we call the church the house of God, that we gather together in the house of God. And just like there are no perfect churches or any perfect people, there is a family 
a spiritual family or a flock, if you will, that God wants us to be joined with. Mm -hmm. That he wants to be, once we're joined together with one another, there's great contentment, there's great peace, that there's great comfort. And remember, the sheep have no defense. In the natural, sheep have no defense. Remember when we talked about them being cast over? They have no defense from predators except for the, the, the overseeing and the oversight of the shepherd. The sheep's only defense is one another. That as long as they're in a flock, the chances of a predator coming to pick them off is rare because there's, there, there is strength in numbers. It's when the, the, the sheep start wandering off by themselves that they become uh, a target for prey because it's easier for prey to pick off one if they're separated from the flock. Spiritually, it's exactly the same thing. That God has never designed us to walk alone. Mm -hmm. God hasn't designed us to be isolated by ourselves. He's designed us to be part of a spiritual family. And if you're part of our Savior's church, you know this is language that we use all the time. If you're outside of our Savior's church and watching from other areas, your spiritual family is whatever local church that you're a part of. That God wants us to connect there. He doesn't want ever want us to be isolated on our own because the enemy's way is to get us isolated so he, we're easier prey for him if we're isolated and not part of the flock. Sheep's defense, their only defense, is the strength they have in numbers one with another. It's the shepherd's presence of in the flock of the sheep that guarantees that there's not going to be any lack of any kind. As these flock, as this flock is together, as they're as they're walking and journeying together, the shepherd's presence there is going to make sure they have everything they need. Whether it's abundant pastures, whether it's the clean water, whether it's the fresh fields to graze, whether it's the freedom from danger, the quietness and the contentment those sheep have is because they're a part of a flock. Their strength is in their numbers. And their oversight is from a shepherd who cares deeply about them. So for us, spiritually speaking, again, there is no perfect church. There's never going to be a church you find that's perfect because there's no perfect people, including all of us watching this and the one who is teaching this. Nobody is perfect. But because, And if you look hard enough, you're going to find fault with anybody and with any church. But I want to encourage you in the connection to the spiritual family that God has, has joined you to. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The safety, the security, the oversight, the freedom from fear, the freedom from predators is found in a spiritual family when we flock together that two in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. That we were never created to walk alone. We were never created to be isolated. With that being said, in the season that we're in with this COVID pandemic, again, has been unlike any other time in our life. The sad, worrisome thing is, is that it's caused us to be isolated. You can't be around people. You can't be around large crowds. You've got to social distance. You've got to wear a mask. To, and I'm not saying those things are wrong. That, that's, the way, that's what our medical community has advised us to do. But in that, we have to prepare at some point for re-entry back into the world that, that we know. And so for those of you who are part of our Savior's Church, last week on our online service, 
we announced that uh, Lafayette campus is already having services in person, but the, uh, our other campuses, Opelousas campus included, Broussard, Midtown, uh, New Iberia, Youngsville, those campuses are going to start back in-person services September 6th, which is about a week and a half from now. And I want to encourage you, this has been the craziest year, and all the memes that are out on social media are hysterical because 2020 has proven anything unlike anything we've ever seen. And then now those of us in Louisiana going, okay, perfect. Let's just get a hurricane to top it all off. We have been out of church for six months. There was a three-week period in there in June that we had services for three weeks. But, but, but other than that, we have not been in church for six months. Would you imagine that we would ever live in a day and a time that church would be closed for that period of time? Half of a year. Half of an entire year, we haven't been in church together. I know that's affecting people. Mm -hmm. I know that's affecting you. Because there is something that happens when we corporately come right. together. And while technology is a blessing, and thank God for technology, because we couldn't even be doing what we're doing now. We couldn't be doing what we're doing on Sundays and bringing church to you. Technology is a blessing. But let me tell you this. Technology will never, ever, ever take the place of human interaction. It never will. And this is my worry and my concern. I, and I've got, I've got some concerns. My worry and concern is is that maybe people have gotten so much in the habit of not going to church that when it is time to open the church again, that you're in the habit of not going to church and it's easier just to stay home and watch it online than it is to be in person. Now, I understand if you have health issues, if you have health concerns, you've got to take care of your health. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about at some point, we have to be back in church together because there is something that happens when we're in person, corporately in the presence of God that no technology can ever emulate. Is God with us all the time? Of course he is. And that's what this whole Psalm, this study of Psalms 23 has been about. God's with us all the time. But there's something that special happens corporately when we come together in person. There's a couple of verses that when, when Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be with them. Does that mean that he's not with us all the time? No, but there's something, uh, there's a corporate release of God's presence that happens when we come together two or three or more. The Bible also says, it says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. That we're not to forsake the times and we're not to take for granted the times that we can come together. And if anything, this pandemic and quarantine has done anything, I hope we understand now the blessing that it is to be able to gather together. Because we felt the, we felt the effects of not being able to gather together. We'll never take a Sunday service for granted again. We'll never complain about going to church again. We'll never complain about having to get the kids dressed and get them loaded up in the car and get to church. Now we see what a blessing it is because now we know what it feels like not to have that. And so I just want to encourage you as we are getting back into church, and if you're watching from outside of our area, whatever your church services look like and whenever they are going back into person. Again, the blessing of technology is that you can watch any service from anywhere in the world from the comfort of your home, own home. That's a blessing. But it will never, ever take the place 
of corporately gathering together as a group of believers in worship and in hearing God's word, that his presence is released in a way corporately that it's not, that you're not going to feel it when, when, when we're so isolated. So I want to, I want to encourage you, don't let these last six months dictate what church attendance is going to look like for you and your family. Go ahead and start making preparations now. And all of our campuses, if you're here with us in our in South Louisiana, we're going to have all the precautions. We're still going to have the social distancing. We're still going to have the mask. We're still going to have the sanitation stations. We're going to take all the precautions. But it is time for us to come back together as a group of believers in person, worshiping God, and never, ever, ever taking for granted the time that we have together as a spiritual family. Again, there's strength in numbers. And just like it is with sheep, our only their only uh, level of defense is when they're together, that it's the same for us as the sheep under the shepherd of God, that there is protection, there is safety, there is security as we come back as a flock as, as a spiritual family under our good shepherd, bringing great tending and caring for us. So I want you to start making plans now. I want you to start talking to your family now. I want you to start getting your children ready now. Don't slip into the habit of not being in church for so long so that when we do have in-person services in a week and a half that you're an- anticipating. It's like, and this is the timeliness of it. I've taught this Bible study before in years past. We haven't been in a pandemic, but now we've been in this pandemic. We've been out of church for six months. It's like rounding that mountain, like that horse I was riding. And you take that last turn, and now we see the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to our church services. We should be as excited as anticipating going, a week from this coming Sunday, we're back in the house of God. We're going to take all of our precautions. We're going to take all of our safety measures Again, if you're not in a good health state and you can't do it right now, there's grace and understanding for that. But the ones who can be, let your eyes be set as you're turning the corner this last 10 days. Let your eyes be set on the home ranch. Let your eyes be set on the house of the Lord. As David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let our eyes begin to go there. Let our eyes begin to set on that and let that anticipation and that excitement going. I am counting the days down. Me and my family are counting the days down until we can gather back in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So girls, if you're in this area, I cannot wait to see you. We have missed you terribly. If you're watching from outside this area, find out when your church services are back in session and when they get back in person, make sure you're preparing you and your family in an excitement and anticipation for gathering together in the house of the Lord. So girls, I'm going to pray for you, but I want to say this last thing as, as I close and as we wrap this up. If, there, if, if you've gotten nothing else out of this study of Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6, if you've gotten nothing else out of it, my prayer is this, is that the one thing you walk away from that you realize and that you recognize that God has been and will always be right there with you. He is a good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. 
He's always going to be with you. His eyes always on you. He's always tending and caring and preparing the path for which we are to walk. And though the future looks uncertain and the future can look very dark, if we let our eyes go there, the assurance that we have is our shepherd's already been ahead of us. He's already removing obstacles. He's already preparing the way. And he is continuing to tend and care and love and guide us through every path that may be ahead for us. Mm -hmm. His mercy, his goodness, and his love will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My prayer has been, and I've said this from the very beginning, that this is a picture that prayerfully, by the help of God, the grace of God, that he's helped us, has painted a picture that you'll never, ever read Psalms 23 the same again. That every time you read it and every time you say it in your heart and every time you read it, the picture of this journey of a shepherd and his sheep will come into your mind and bring great hope, great encouragement, great peace, and great comfort. Girls, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time. And God, I thank you for these last six weeks that we've shared together. I thank you, Father, for uh, for the, the goodness and the mercy and the love that you shared with us throughout the, this study of your, your these scriptures. Father, I pray that God will continue to keep our eyes on you. We'll continue to put our hope and our uh, encouragement is found in you. And Father, I pray that you would seal this time together, that God, that you would seal these words, that you would seal the picture that we've painted in the hearts of all who watch, that God, you continue to lead us and guide us in your goodness and your mercy and your love. Father, I thank you for our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Girls, before I want to do one last thing before we go, and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to read Psalms 23. I want you to open your Bibles. And we want to read it together one last time. This is out of the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Girls, I love you. I can't wait to see you back in service. For those of you watching out uh, from other states, stay tuned to social media. I'll be continuing to put podcasts up, video things up as we go. Keep you posted on everything. Love you, girls. Thanks for joining us. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. For more information or questions about today's podcast, please visit HeidiReisner.com or email us at info at HeidiReisner.com.